<laughs> Welcome to Spare Time, December 2023, a dish. It's the end of another year. How? Literally how. It's shocking every single fucking time. It's always a surprise. This is actually just a podcast about the way <laughs> the that we of feel time. about <laughs> the sands of time slipping through our fingers. And that's fine. And you know, I feel like usually the trajectory of a year is like January, February, March are crawling and the rest of the year zooms. And I think this year we pretty consistently felt zoom. Zoom, zoom, zoom. The Make zoomies. my heart go boom, boom. Absolutely. That's my friend Marie. That's my friend Elisa. And we're here talking about something that's very dear to us. Spare, Spare time. time. <laughs> <laughs> I was a little worried you were going to say something else. I don't know why. That's what this podcast is about. And what is spare time, Marie? Spare time, it's an ever-evolving definition, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. But I do think that it is any time that you have to yourself to do anything you want with no pressure. Mm. So, like, often we talk about it and think about it as, like, any time that we're not working. Um, but I think it's a, we're expanding that definition every day yeah it's just like what do you do when you have the choice what do you do when you've got nothing to do Mm, which is such a luxury it is and sometimes spare you don't get to use it in a luxurious way sometimes you have to spend your spare time in a way that isn't like sexy yeah but it's like how self-care isn't just bubble baths yeah spare time isn't just like reading 150 books and like going for beautiful walks in the woods sometimes you have to do things that are Maybe not that fun, but really good for your spirit. Yeah. And it has to be said, I feel like I've been talking to a lot of parents recently. Mm, you know, people yes. our age that are parents. Because we and, are the age of many parents. Which is unbelievable <laughs> to me. Um, but, you know, a lot of people don't have any spare time for mm. a lot of different reasons. So spare time really is a luxury. And I just want to acknowledge that. That's all. Yeah. I value my spare time so much. And I love that we get to spend so much of our spare time in the meta, most meta practice mm. ever, which is talking and thinking about spare time. I know. It's good stuff. It's really, it's a real mental journey that we're on. And I We did it. do a lot of um, acting on our spare time this month, if you will. That doesn't really make sense. But yes, but it is what we did. Yeah. If you're a newsletter reader, you know that we had our famous big business meeting. Once per year. TM. <laughs> And in this big business meeting, <laughs> TM. It's honestly a huge deal. Yeah. Um, and we're excited about what's to come next year. More of the same, but more of fun stuff too. And we went and did a little bit of research, if you will, on some of the things that we are going to explore. And it was cool. Yeah, we're uh, hoping and planning to get a little more serious about spare time. <laughs> LLC in the new year. Yeah. And you know what's funny about that? I was looking at our Instagram recently and I was looking at some of our silly reels, like our croissant tasting reel. Um, There's another reel where I believe you are. Oh, I'm going through the tin fish and all of the captions on them are like part two coming soon and part two (laughs) never came. (laughs) It's giving um, my like middle school diary that Hannah read out loud to me recently where I was always like, you'll never believe what happened more later and more never came later. Hannah was like, where's the tea? She's like, I want to know so badly. And we'll never know now. But more will come in 2024. That's I think that's maybe the best way to sum it up. We just we want to be a little bit more consistent. And when we say part two coming soon, we'd like for it to come eventually (laughs) at any time. I think that's a totally reasonable goal. I like that for us. And we love spare time, the concept activity and also the podcast slash um, soon to be enormously successful business venture so we are excited always to think about ways to spend this spare time that we spend as a small but mighty community yeah and thanks for being here yeah thanks for sticking around with two girls that are you know not reliable but we'll be we're pretty flighty we're we're always up to something and it's not always this podcast yeah but we are pretty busy yeah, we're, we just need to prioritize and you guys we've been doing this podcast for zero dollars for five years but it really is just a labor of love it's and friendship. It's so fun. Yeah, I love, love to do it. So 
On that note, Marie, what did you do in your spare time in the month of December 2023? In the month of December, much like many of my compatriots here, I spent some time holidaying. Oh! Mm -hmm. uh, So I did, I feel like I was in Miami for a little bit. I did some holiday parties with my team there and with some of my friends from high school. Very cute stuff. Same stuff in D.C. Like we had a cute little holiday dinner, Um, some holiday dinners with... Hannah's family and then we were just in Pennsylvania with my family um it's been a whirlwind um whirlwind but it's been fun like it's been a I feel like it's been a bountiful a bountiful like spare time month and and I and I say this every year but like I love December and I wrote about this in the news last week but it's such a like contemplative time Mm. and like there's so much space for reflection and I feel like often like the rest of the year you like you might be in like sort of a moody nostalgic mood and like nobody else is so like you're kind of like alone in that feeling but I feel like at the end of the year it's nice because everyone's kind of in that space and everyone's thinking about like okay what do I want to do next year to like make my life better to make my life more fun and I think a lot of spare time conversations actually and it's really fun to be like in that space with everyone at the same time because I feel like there's so many good like chats yeah Great chats, and everybody's wearing sweatpants all the time. Oh, and it's the best. I wore the same. I got a new sweatsuit at the beginning of December. I really should have shared that at the very mm-hmm. top. Yeah, that seems um, important. And I didn't take it off practically the whole month. So good. And critical. Yeah, I haven't worn. I wore hard pants last night for the first time in days, and I was like, this is torture. Jarring. Yeah, I'm wearing hard pants right now and a real fucking bra with wires. Wow. I'm so brave. You can bet I am not. Purple heart coming to me soon. That sounds great, Marie. (laughs) I'm glad you had some time to slow down and holiday. Thank you. How was your spare time this month? You know, a little bit of the same for sure. I feel like this year there was, there were more events than ever um, for the holidays, which was fun. I think it was welcome for me in my life this year. My little three and a half nephew um, was the star of a holiday show, which was absolutely incredible to witness he Three was and a half is the perfect. age truly like the greatest showman age greatest showman he was an angel literally and figuratively in the show and it was delightful um shout out to Elise, friend of the pod who is the uh director of said show oh my god you did great um lots of fun holiday dinners i think holiday dinners are fun and I like that it's like there's kind of a built-in theme. Like I think sometimes it can be hard to be like, what's the vibe of this dinner party? And it's like holiday dinner parties are about butter, cream, and vibes. Period. And that's what you need to use for your inspiration. And I like that. Um, I did my annual cookie boxes this year for Erica's family. And that was a marathon. I went with eight cookies this year. Um, And... I'm happy with my selections, I think, for the most part. There are some that will remain, um, you know, in my rotation and some that will absolutely be phased out. And that's the life of a cookie box. That's the life of eight cookies is a lot. Yeah, I usually do six to eight because I'm crazy. I just like can't choose, you know, I want to do them all. Um, I started going to drag bingo pretty regularly on Tuesdays and it is joyful and delightful at Red Bear Brewing if you live in DC it's free it's awesome I love it it's so fun it's a great way to spend a Tuesday Tuesday's a great day for it yes um I did some scrapbooking for a holiday gift this year and it was really fun it also like takes so much time I was like oh my Mm -hmm. god this book has a million pages but there was something really joyful about like printing out the photos seeing them all going Mm -hmm. through it stickers like fun stickers loved it um and I spent Christmas with my nephews which was really the cutest ever spending Christmas with a three-year-old is like so perfect although I'm gonna put him on blast on this podcast he is too smart for his own good um Erica's dad calls the kids generally before Christmas and the parents are always like oh you know like Santa might call like Santa calls kids that are you know have been really good whatever so Bo got that little spiel, Bo's three and a half, and he was like, um, I'm actually not sure. Like, he was like, does Santa have a phone? I, I don't think Santa has a phone. That was his response <laughs> to hearing that Santa might call him. Oh, my and God. And then Santa did, in fact, call him, and he picked up the phone, and he said, is that Papa being Santa, his grandpa? 
And we all were like, hmm. <laughs> You're like, what to do? No. What to do? <laughs> but yes. So oh um, it was so great. I loved it so much. Um, so it's been a good month. What I have not been doing is knitting. And that's unfortunate because I want to be knitting and I'm just not. Look, it seems like knitting is not, it's not your season of knitting. I don't know. It's like, I, I feel like it's just that I don't have enough time to be knitting right now. Yeah. You know? Because you need to like, I, I feel like I haven't like sat down on my couch for a leisurely hang all month. Yeah. And that's a, unfortunate. We're moving. We were moving around. I'm, it's been busy, but maybe on just um, January 1st, I'll hit the couch. That's a day for hitting the couch big time. I would love that. So anyways, um, that was a lot that was going on somehow. But what would you say was your best? My best of the month. Anything of note? Well, you, it's <laughs> hilarious because we were setting up for this podcast and I was like, I don't really know what my best was. And Lisa was like, uh, I do. Because <laughs> it's pretty obvious. I got engaged Yay! this month. And it really involved Elisa. Yeah. It was really the it was really like the Elisa Avalov and Hannah Bristol story. And I love Honestly, the honor of a lifetime. I'll never forget it. It was so special. It's been really fun to be engaged, I think. Yeah. It's like the same as not course, being engaged. But it's like but a, it's with more a little fun. special something on top. So I'm doing Salt Bay. Yeah. For those who can't see me. There's something about it where you're like, okay, we're doing this. We're really doing we talked it. about it, but now we're really doing it. We're really it. doing it. We're going to get the government involved in our relationship. Congratulations. And I love that for us. Yeah, it's fun. It's really cute. And it was like very, obviously like, it was very special to me like the way that Hannah proposed and the way that she got you guys involved involved but like the real takeaway for me is like how nice everyone has been and like how excited everybody is and it's just like really wholesome and like tugs in my little heartstrings and yeah it was really nice well you deserve all the love thank you we love Hannah she did great she did great and now um this is gonna be a wedding planning podcast yeah unfortunately you're about to have two brides on the scene freaking brides in your ears you didn't sign up for this but Sorry. It's going to be happening, I guess. But you, you're you full on. I mean, Marie was low-key planning her wedding before this yeah, happened. Yeah, we've been talking about it for a long time. So there's like some wheels lightly in motion, but like. But I mean, Marie was visiting a venue before this. I so things are absolutely happening. I visited and a venue. I'm it, in a fight with the person who's making my engagement ring. Oh, so important. It's truly. I can't wait to hear more about that uh, offline. Yeah, I'll tell you about it <laughs> offline. But yeah, it's, but I'm like, oh my God, there are so many things that I guess are going to happen to plan this I think this, this is why brides, grooms, people go crazy they planning go crazy. a wedding. They go crazy, Daisy. Um, are you going to be a bridezilla? What do you think in this moment? Describe yourself as a bride three weeks before the wedding. What's your vibe? Crying. Okay. Okay. I think there's going to be a lot of crying. Okay. <laughs> but I, I hope not to be a bridezilla. I think that I'm going to be overwhelmed um, by attention if yeah. my engagement experience was any indication. So I think I just need to like, you know, rest. Yeah. And I think that I don't, I'm going to try not to like get invested in the like tiny details. Yeah. I think that that's really where people start to go cuckoo. Totally. Where it's like fonts. It's stationary paper weights it's like individual flowers yeah I'm like I'm just gonna I'm just choosing to focus on the overall vibe perfect and I think that that's better I've also heard a lot of people say because I've been kind of you know polling dabbling the married people I'm we're actually not dabbling I've done literally nothing for wedding planning but I'm sure we'll get into it I'm also a wedding planner uh career wise professionally a wedding planner or sorry, an event planner. So I think for me, I'm like, this feels like a day in the life. Um, but we'll see. We'll see uh, what happens. But a lot of people have said, like, just choose one or two things that you, like, really care about. Go hard on those and everything else. Let it be vibes. Just let it be whatever. Just let other people choose. Yeah. You're paying a lot of people. I'm going to let some of what I'm paying them for be to choose things for me. There you go. And you know who's an amazing decision maker? You. Me. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not I paying you to choose her. things for me, but I know that you. But if choose. you need an opinion, I will give it to you. Thank God. I'm so excited for you. I'm so excited for Hannah. I'm excited for us. It's gonna be fun. The McBristols, oh, soon to come. McBristol Davilov. Here we are. 
It's only right. It's only right that this would evolve into a shared wedding podcast. 100%. There's no, I think that that's just, it's an inevitable. It was written in the stars. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I mean, that is the ultimate best, but I will tell you um, about some food. I can't wait. (laughs) I I mean, I'm always ready to hear it. I feel like I was eating some really exciting food this month, which is in DC, which I think is kind of hard to do sometimes. Um, there's a restaurant called I Egg You, and I hate the name of that restaurant, but I love everything that they have on the menu. I think it's a perfect menu. Linked on the show notes. Check it out. Um, and everything I ate there was really stunning and really delicious. And it was one of those things where I was like, I love what I'm seeing, and I hope it's perfect. And it was. And it's not always that you get that, you know? So I got their classic egg sandwich, which is milk bread and a brown butter fried egg, which is something I'm not familiar with, but I liked it. And then Fontina cheese. And then I added Old Bay aioli and candied jalapenos per my waiter's instruction. Fucking perfect. And yeah, it was so delicious, really crispy. It almost had kind of like a grilled cheese thing going on, but the candied jalapenos were sweet and it was really nice. Um, And then we also got the milk bread French toast for the table, which kind of had like a custard filling, whipped cream, fresh blueberries, warm maple syrup. It was delightful. Perfection. Go there. It was awesome. I need to go there so instantly. I might go there directly from here. Yeah. I'm thinking about it as well. Um, And then I also tried Yellow, which is a cafe you've definitely heard us talk about here before. Um, They just started doing a dinner menu there. And the carrots were so crazy. I want them all the time. Wood roasted carrots with tahini ranch. And they call it Urfa thing spice. Urfa is a, um, a pepper, like a Middle Eastern dried pepper. But it was really 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 tasty I love the tahini ranch so you should go check it out have you eaten at Aldi I did get pandemic takeout I'll be Aldi 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 is the grocery store Aldi's the grocery store is the fine dining establishment owned by yellow Um, I've only gotten takeout and it was truly horrible (gasps) but I think we got it in April 2020 or so and it was was just like everything had so much raw garlic in it that it burned, you know? Yeah, and that, and doesn't, that's not that right. doesn't get better as it sits. No, absolutely not. But I, I'm not going to hold that against them. I would love to go there. It seems impossible to get a reservation. I know. I really want to go. Yeah, I think it would be tasty. Friend of the pod, Rashawn, worked there. So Really? I didn't know that. Yeah, pre-pandemic. Wow, Rashawn, love that. Um, But do you know that Yellow is opening their HQ in Union Market? I sure freaking do. And that is much more convenient for us. Yeah, it's one of my favorite places to eat in D.C. It's so good. And they're like specialty drinks and they're frozen yogurt. Yeah, we got a cider like sorbet um, soft serve thing with tahini caramel and like sesame cookie things. That sounds so good. Yeah, I love them. I love everything that they do. Um, I just feel like the one problem with them is that it's in Georgetown. So this is going to solve that. for Yeah, me. for sure. The Navy Yard is reopened oh, on the weekends. Yeah. But that's another place that I just don't really like to go. No, Union Market is going to be perfect Game changer. Take my money. Um, speaking of food, what was your worst? I had two worsts this month, um, and both of them were failures of my own design. Okay. That's brave of you to take the ownership. I'm here to own my own my shortcomings. Um, the first one was my Christmas cookies. I made one oh. cookie this year, and I was like, I'm going to choose a fail-safe cookie. Yep. The Allison Roman chocolate chunk shortbread cookies yep. rolled in red and green sanding sugar. Yep. I flew too close to the sun, and I tripled the recipe, oh. which is too much for my standing mixer. Yep. So I, what I ended up having to do was I, like, took everything out I like weighed it and then put did half and half yeah and I did weigh it so I was like it should be fine but the way the way it worked out was that one half was like way flourier than the other half Mm. so the first two logs were fine I made five I made like two big ones and then three regular size ones but the second half were super crumbly oh no and like when I sliced into them the the middle the logs are probably like what is this like 15 inches long the middle five inches was fine weird the five inches on either end 
I cut into it. Like I touched it with my knife and they exploded into sand. Crazy. And I was like, <laughs> this is a nightmare. You're like, that's actually not right. Right. I was like, cool, 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 cool. So I, what I ended up doing was just like baking the crumbly parts and like using it as an ice cream sundae topping, which actually is totally fine. Oh, that's But I smart. was like so furious. Like yeah, that's I was really like annoying. slicing and slicing and every time I would slice, it would like explode I could imagine being like, pieces. Ah! I was literally like freaking the fuck out. And I was at my mom's house, my parents' mm. house. So um, my mom was like, "What's wrong?" And I was like, "Go away!" Like <laughs> the Christmas energy. Do not was, speak was to me. Really high. Yep. Um. So that was one thing. Um. And that was Christmas Eve. And the other thing was also Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. Um. We did a feast of the seven fishes. So fun. Really fun. Strongly recommend. Gorgeous dishes all around. Super, super fun. And I'm going to, you you actually mentioned this at the beginning of the podcast and I'm going to talk about it a little, a little later, but like love a theme for a dinner mm, party. Mm-hmm. I think it's like important. Um, but we you need focus. It's just like, yes, it, hel- it helps to have a constraint to like drive your rest like to f- your, make your you be creative in ways that you like wouldn't be if you were just like selecting whatever you wanted yeah um so most everything was good but we did do a whole fish and I don't know if I've talked about this before on the podcast but my dad um how to say this delicately he <laughs> is and I'm actually gonna preface this by saying like he made a filet the next night for Christmas day dinner that was so fucking good I was like I could cry so I can't talk shit on him too hard, but he is like a grill guy mm-hmm. and he's really confident in ways that I like don't really know that he has earned. Yeah. Like he's like, I can grill anything. No problem. And he like wanted to help with the Feast of the Seven Fishes. He was like really excited about grilling something. And I was like, why don't we grill a whole fish? Mm-hmm. And he was like, sure. And I sent him a recipe and I was like, OK, Patrick, like you have to supervise this. Like I'm <laughs> Patrick, doing your brother. It's my brother. I'm doing six other fishes. So like you just have to like make sure that dad's following the recipe. Winter is not a great time to grill. You're supposed to grill this recipe. I like didn't as as I often don't do. I didn't really read it all the way. You're supposed to grill it with the top open, but it's cold. Mm-hmm. So basically what happened was the fish hits the table and it's not cooked. And so we like, and it just like felt, it was just like really messy. It fell apart, like didn't, it was, it was a disaster. (laughs) It was really tasty, but I had to go back on the grill. Uh Fortunately, at that point, no one was hungry at all. So So it didn't really matter. Oh no, I'm (laughs) so sad. I can't eat fish again for the seventh time. Um, But it was really (laughs) annoying. And I was like, I should have just made this the way that I know how to make it. Yeah. Well, at least it was tasty. Yeah, we Still. learned a lot. There and it go. was delicious. Just like lemons and dill, salt, pepper, olive oil. That's on all the that grill. you need. Yum. Yum. Well, you know, there's always going to be like something. There has to be something that goes wrong. I was really thinking about that episode of The Bear. Did you watch the second season of The Not Bear? Not all the way yet. Oh, my God. The Feast of the Seven Fishes oh my God. episode is the the single most stressful episode of television I've ever seen. Oh my god! I want to watch it. Maybe we'll watch it. Over you the should next really few days. watch it. It's crazy. Um, and that was not the vibe of our face of the seven fishes. So that's a win. That is a huge win. I'm happy for you. Um, what was your worst of the month? Um, Bon Appetit released their cookie spread this month. I believe we linked it in um a newsletter, and I made three out of however many cookies, and they were all bad. So that's you know just something to think about. Um, but I specifically made the Bon Appetit s'mores cookies and they were disastrous, disgusting, horrible. (laughs) Like this was a crime. I love s'mores. I was just so annoyed. Like they were so fucking like involved. There was so much you had to do and they were so bad. And that is crazy. There's a couple of things. The first is the cookie itself was just like whack. Like the dough did not turn out really the way that it was supposed to. And that's kind of annoying. And they're really like thick. So then it makes a weird cookie. And especially if you're sandwiching it, like then the cookie's like three inches tall and you're like, this, this is unwieldy. Like nobody can eat this. So that was weird. Then there was a part of the recipe that I was like, this has to be a mistake. There's actually two things that I was like, this has to be an editorial error. The first was it tells you to buy marshmallow creme which is fluff mm-hmm. is there a fancy kind of fluff or no no fluff is the best product fluff is just fluff 
I'm, I think there are fancy fluffs and don't buy those. Okay, great. Absolutely not. Also, don't buy like fancy marshmallows. Like just go with, go with the... Jet puffed, whatever the yeah, fuck that brand go is. Go with the brand. That is the only one. Um, so they tell you to pour the entire thing of fluff onto a baking sheet and broil it until deeply burnt. Um, oh my God, they changed it. Okay, it used to say 20 to 30 minutes everywhere and I would like I checked this like literally everywhere I mean it does say deeply burnt so you're like but I was like your house is going to be burned down (laughs) I checked this so many times like literally it was like posted on this guy's Instagram and he obviously just copied the the yeah 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 whatever now but I just was like this is insane and so like I bet someone's house burned down and now they had to change it I bet that's how they were alerted to that no so that was insane and I was like well after two minutes this is fucking so black that's crazy and this step was completely unnecessary and so annoying like think about the texture of fluff it's the stickiest thing on earth you're telling me I need to scrape that into a baking pan brown it and then scrape it back into a container Oh, wait. So you're putting it on the baking pan and then taking it off the baking pan. Taking it off the baking pan because it's then going to be piped into the cookies. Not possible. No. So stupid. Hated that. And then this is the worst part. For the ganache, whatever, chocolate filling thing, you're doing chocolate chips, butter, salt. That's normal. But then you're also adding half a cup of water. Why? Exactly. That water never absorbed. That water made it like almost like greasy. Like, you know, when like cheese is like sitting out in the sun, it like was doing that with the chocolate. And it just like I was like, this can't be right. Like this filling is disgusting. It's weirdly so wet. I don't know. I really hated this cookie. It made me so angry. And I made it Well, I was making it to kind of like try and see if I wanted to put it in my cookie box. Obviously, that was a no. Oh, my God. Um, And I was going to bring it to my friend's party, like, for her birthday. And then I literally threw them away. I was like, these can't be shared with people. Mm -hmm. And that is unfortunate. Um, I'm reading some reviews. What are people saying? Someone literally was like, I should leave her. I'm going to read. I'm just going to read some of this. Yeah, please. I came across this recipe in the magazine and was keen on making it, even with no reviews on the digital version. What could go wrong? It was written by someone who has an entire cookbook about cookies and was in a trusted publication. Boy, was I wrong. I had an issue with every single element. And now that some reviews have accumulated, I see I was not alone. Shame on BA. (laughs) Thank you, Alice. Everything that you said. Um,. They said that... Not to mention the a small fire in your oven. Yep, marshmallow fluff caught on fire. Uh, failure of epic proportions. I've subscribed... This per, another person. Wow, I've subscribed I to so Bon Appetit validated. for almost 30 years, and I don't think I've ever encountered a recipe written so poorly. Shame on you, BA. Oh, That's too shame on you. Oh, my God. I feel so validated. For those validated. counting at home. Oh, my God. Okay, everybody's saying everything that I said. I experienced a kitchen fire domed cookies that made for absurdly thick sandwiches and a chocolate filling that was grainy and running. This person says, is this someone, someone at Bon Appetit's idea of a cruel joke? I have never in my life experienced such a dysfunctional (laughs) recipe as this. (laughs) Oh my God. The cookies cooked for 48 minutes while the marshmallow mixtures cooked for 22 to 24 minutes. This is the first time I've ever had a fire in my kitchen. I would not recommend boil, <gasps> broiling the fluff. No way did all these people have fires. Everyone I was lucky kidding. But oh my God. This is so crazy. Someone says, Oy vey, this recipe needs some major clarifications and alterations. Come on, BA. Oh my God. Fire after two minutes. Oh my God. This is the best thing that's ever happened. I'm so. Here's something crazy because I clicked on this link to the website to this recipe and you know how on google when you search for something it like shows how many stars it has yeah it says 4.3 stars i know this is obviously with four reviews and there's like tons of horrible reviews um i'm sorry is ba doing something bad oh my god i love this comment how do you get 16 to 18 finished sandwich cookies when you only have 24 plain cookies to start with that is an amazing question and something i struggled with as well i'm so obsessed with this Wow. Well, thank you for bringing this to our attention. We will oh be linking God. this in the show notes so that you can read these comments for yourself because they are it's already divine. Lynched. Don't even worry. 
That is crazy. I, I feel validated. I didn't read those reviews before saying that, but I this cookie was so bad. And you know what? I thought about making another cookie by this person, and I was like, Who no. is it? Jesse Swizzles. This per- and this person thing. has a whole cookbook this on person cookies. Has a book called, I believe, Cookies. <laughs> well, Jesse says, with, says, I don't know a lot of Z's. It. it seems Polish. Z E W C Z Y K. You tell me. It's hard for me. I don't know. I'm but. sorry, Jesse, but you lost me. Wow. 24 minutes of broiling fluff. People are literally <laughs> burning their whole towns to the <laughs> ground. <laughs> okay. Wow. That is so, so bad. I'm obsessed. Oh, my God. Oh. They're going to get sued. Someone burned their house down and is going to sue them. <laughs> Oh my god, I'm dying that all these reviews are like I opened the oven and there was a fire in it. <laughs> I would like, Of course. Of course. Oh, you know what? This is the maker of the sour cream and onion household back potatoes, which I made for Thanksgiving and they were disappointing. Yeah, you so didn't like them. We're out on that. Goodbye, Jesse. Toodaloo. Um, okay, well, moving on to our recs. Recommendations. I would like to recommend a podcast slash um Atlantic article slash cultural discussion. Let's fucking hear it. I can't wait. Um, Culture Study is a new podcast. Culture Study is a, you know, I think really long running Substack newsletter written by Anne Helen Peterson that is super interesting and basically is just like looking at anything and everything that is a part of the culture. The podcast launched, I believe like four weeks ago or so, and they had a um, episode about why all of our clothes are bad now, um, which this Atlantic article is also about. They had an episode about infrastructure. So like how and why roads and towns and, you know, whatever, water, et cetera, is built, is happening, whatever. Um, The third one was about why is everyone so obsessed with Taylor and Travis? I'm seeing that and I can't wait to find out. I know. I haven't listened to that one yet. And I think the last one that came out yesterday is about like Paw Patrol or something. So it's giving range. um, And it's really dissecting just like anything and everything in the culture. I've listened to two of the episodes and it seems like the format is Anne has a guest on that's like an expert in whatever it is that they're focused on. So I think it's really cool. I think it's really smart. And as a girly that's like engaged in so many different facets of culture, like I'm very high, low, all over the place. Mm-hmm. I find this interesting. And Anne is a PhD in culture sciences, but specifically was focused around um, like reality TV and like the impact of that on our society and culture and stuff like that. So for me, it's like validating as a person who I think is – educated informed engaged and really loves reality tv and some of the like what could be categorized as like silly culture like celebrity etc um i actually think she's more focused on celebrity sorry i misspoke but i'm like this is all fascinating to me and so it kind of it helps me understand why i care about it yeah i love that i really love that i'm like okay i instantly subscribed and now i want a phd in cultural studies yeah same so i think that's a really cool podcast to put on your radar check out that newsletter um and then this first episode i just thought was so illuminating because i totally feel this and i learned a lot um the guest was the author of this Atlantic article called Your Sweaters Are Garbage, Amanda Mull. She's a staff writer at The Atlantic. Um, and I just learned so much. And I think it's worth a listen, especially if you, like me, are really focused on like where your clothes comes from. I, I've always been like a big like natural fibers person. And I don't think I totally understood why, but this like really did um give me a little bit more context on maybe why I feel the way that I do so because all of our clothes are made of plastic now yeah I hate that even like when I was taking my knitting class earlier this year like a lot of the yarn Mm -hmm. that you buy at the store is plastic yeah straight up and I'm like I'm not using that it's crazy yeah it's crazy so check that out I think it's really cool Okay, I love it. I will absolutely be checking that out. Thank you. Fabulous. What's your rec? Um, so as everyone here knows, I am cutting it really close to the wire here with my book goal. 
Um, that you're gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. I actually have ha- had almost no doubts that I'm gonna do it, and I'm sort Never. of it's sort of exciting to like pull it off because now lots of people are like, "Oh my god, like you can't do it." And I'm like, "You're wrong." <laughs> Watch me. Um, but I have been having some real fucking winners this week as I've been reading one to two books per day. Um, the first one is a book that I know that you really enjoyed, which is The Land of Milk and Honey mm-hmm. by uh, C. Pam Jong. Mm-hmm. And this is her second book. I liked her first book as well, How Much of These Hills is Gold, but I didn't like it as much as everyone else. And like people who whose taste I sort of mirror a lot, like loved it so much that I was like, what's wrong with me? Mm-hmm. So I do want to revisit it. But this book, I think, was like, perfection to me it has everything it has sort of a climate apocalypse it has weird rich people it has food Mm -hmm. um and it's like the most sensuous food like descriptions of food obviously but also of everything like it's all really like about deliciousness and like appetite and hunger and decadence and the way that she writes about desire and food is like so visceral Mm -hmm. in a way that I thought was like perfect Mm -hmm. like I I like ripped this ripped through this book in an afternoon and I want to read it again like urgently I actually meant to bring it back I have Lisa's copy and I was going to bring it back to her but you can read it again um so I strongly recommend that for anyone listening who likes food which I think is mm, everyone yeah it was really good it's five stars best maybe my best book of the (gasps) year wow um like I on page 25 I like looked at Hannah and I was like this is gonna be my favorite book of the year oh my god so good um, and I'm about halfway through another, I anticipate, five-star book, um, which is called The Book of Difficult Fruit by Kate Lebo. Um, it has a subtitle. Hold on. Arguments for the Tart, <clears throat> excuse me, Arguments for the Tart, Tender, and Unruly. Mm. Um, and it's another, like, food book. Um, I don't actually know anything about this author, but she goes in order, in alphabetical order, um, and each chapter is a weird or unusual fruit. A lot of these fruits I have never tasted and a large handful I have never heard of. Um, And so she's really doing a lot of like information about like the history of the fruit or like where it's from, how it grows, how to use it. But there's also like some of the chapters are more like memoir heavy and there's like, it's just like really interesting and beautiful book. And I think that the concept for the book is really good. I'm like only about halfway through, but um and it has recipes too at the end of each chapter which is fun um and some of them are like not quite recipe recipes and others are like very traditional recipes she also does a lot of like she has kind of like a dream alternate life of mine it seems like she lives in Spokane and she like grows has fruit trees and she does like she like is a big canner and she just like is making a lot of things in a way that I think is really exciting and I feel really inspired by reading it to make things that I don't normally make like shrubs and jams and to can things and preserve things so I'm really enjoying it and what's better than reading a book and being inspired nothing Nothing. and I will say Hannah really liked it too as a person who is like she's really interested in food and not wasting food but less of like a recipe obsessive than I am so I think that it has like broader appeal than just like foodie people love that I love them. I want to read it. You should. It's good. I have a, we own our copy, so I'll bring it okay, to you. Okay, great. I'm happy to hear that. Yay. Um, okay, let's talk about culture. Let's talk about culture. So the first thing I need to tell you is there's a film in theaters right now called The Iron Claw. Wow. And it is starring Zac Efron and the actor from The Bear. What is his name? I don't know, but the one who you looks like him. Blue Steel. You know him. You yeah. all know him. He's um, not that hot, but everyone's like so thirsty. You know him. Yeah, you know him. Um, <laughs> I'm like, I can't, I will not publicly comment on, further on that. Um, I thought this was a comedy mm. based on the trailer. Okay. It seems like a happy-go-lucky wrestling family brothers movie. Wrestling like actual wrestling? Or WWE. just like play wrestling? Okay, got it. WWE. So we were kind of like, okay, this is going to be a sports film Family, funny, etc. This was one of the most devastating movies I've ever seen. Oh boy. I will not spoil the movie for everyone here because I will say it was a really good movie. 
technically it was, I thought, well done. I thought it was a good movie. It was an A24 production. I love A24, generally. Um, I thought it was a great movie. And it you will hysterically sob. Oh, my God. And so as a person that went in thinking it was something that was very different from what it was, I just want to give everyone here that heads up that you will be ruined, devastated, etc. I think the biggest thing is that it's based on a true story, which is always a fucking gutter when you are witnessing something that is unbelievably dark. Okay. In fact, it's so dark that the real story, they literally couldn't include every element of the real story because it was so, they were like, it was actually too much devastation. So they literally omitted a full brother <gasps> from the film. Um, oh, that's no. all that I'll say. Okay. Um, <laughs> I didn't, I, if I could tell you what I thought this movie was going to be about just based on this title and this line in our show notes. Yeah, tell me what you think. Oh, well, I thought it was going to be a reality television show about sports. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm so glad I have this warning. I'm going to go see that movie. I know. I think you will really enjoy the movie. You know I like to be sad. It was, Erica at one point was like, should we leave? Because <laughs> <laughs> it was too sad. She was like, I just like, I'm so fucking bummed out. Like, oh I just God. don't know. <laughs> What else could possibly happen? And I will tell you that from the moment that she said that through the end of the movie, it did get worse. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I would love for you to see it and I would love for you to text me. There are a lot of movies that I want to see right now. Movies are absolutely popping off right well, now. You know, we're gearing up for Oscar, Oscar season. season. I really hope the Alamo does the thing where they play all the Oscar nominees i will if and they i will do be that, purchasing I'm gonna movie purchase, pass and we'll i will be seeing it. all of them yeah the the um, i want to be informed nominations come out i think january like 20 should we have an oscar party yeah probably and we should watch them all and do a should bracket we do about, i've never done one i don't think i've ever done one seriously and i would like to and i'm gonna try and watch all the best picture noms yeah which i do every year I try every year. I don't yeah. succeed every year. But I think that I could maybe do it because a lot of them are streaming. I think we've also probably seen quite a few. I've seen quite a few. Have I, you seen Saltburn yet? No. Oh, my God. It is. I believe I saw it since we last spoke yes. about it. Yes. Um, You'll love it. I can't wait. You'll love it. Um, I watched The Holdovers. Did you like? I liked it a lot. It was I've awesome. Not seen. It was a good, it's like a kind of a Christmas movie. Yeah. Um, I watched it with my mom and Hannah. That's so nice. it was like a good, wholesome family movie. Yeah. But also sad. Yeah. Have you watched Leave the World Behind yet? Oh, yeah. Did you like? I loved. I haven't watched it yet. I don't know what I'm waiting for. I was so excited. I really for it liked to come it. Out. People are making me mad. People aren't liking it, but I'm like, you, you obviously have to didn't read, read the, the book. book. I'm telling, and I'm like, I know that you guys, everyone's always like, oh, of course you think you have to read the book. And I'm like, no, I don't always think that. But this one, I think it's really important, and I have advised. Does it help like fill many in some people? Blanks? Yeah, because it's just like I think that it like prepares you. Like there are ways that like a big cliffhanger or like you know big shocking moments are easier to digest in a book yes. than they are in a movie. Yes, and so I think that it having read the book prepares you for some of that yeah um and it seems like everybody who hasn't read the book is like what the fuck just happened like why did it end like that mm -hmm. um and I have advised many people to read the book before watching and the people who have not read it have not liked the movie and I'm like well that's your own damn fault you're like I actually told you I thought the movie or the book was five stars for me five stars so loved it so much why not read eager it? eager to read it again um yeah I believe the author um now, well, actually, I'll save that thought for something that we're about to talk about later. Okay, great. Um, the next thing that we want to talk to you about is goodles, I believe is, is how you say <laughs> goodles. it. Goodles. Um, these are noodles that come in a box similar to Annie's mac and cheese, Kraft mac and cheese. It really is that vibe. Um, and they are packed with protein and prebiotics and vegetables question mark question mark but they do taste really 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 good they taste actually exactly like annie's mac and cheese so for me i said why wouldn't i eat this i guess yeah. and it doesn't have any like weird stuff in it like sometimes it'll be like weird types of proteins mm -hmm. or whatever um but i felt like they were just delicious and had good stuff in them and they have a lot of really fun 
flavors. So I think that I had Twist My Parm, which was um, Asiago and Parmesan spirals. That was tasty. But they also have Shella Good, Chetty Mac, which I think are just like cheddar, whatever. Um, Mover and Shaker, which I believe is a Cacio e Pepe um, mac and cheese, which is really fun. Um, they have a truffle one. They have like a green hatch chili one. They have a smoked Gouda one, Ooh, which definitely wow. speaks to me. I love smoked cheese, which Same. I think is a little. I think people are like really look down on like smoked mozzarella. And I'm like, no, it's delicious. Um, they have a vegan one for my vegans out there. They have a elote one. Oh my, they have so many flavors. So many flavors. Um, they have, oh, if you're hoppy and you know it, a hop mac and cheese. Don't trust. Mark. Do not trust. I definitely, IPA inspired cheesy mac. I no. absolutely would not eat that. But if that is for you, <laughs> you know where to yeah, find it. Yeah, that's not happening for me at all. Um, so I just wanted to make sure you guys knew about this product because I think it's good. They also have pasta. It's good. It's good. It's goodles, if you will. <laughs> um, they have loop de loos Lucky Penny, and Curve Balls um, as just like boxed pasta, mm-hmm. which also has the protein and the vegetables in it. Haven't tried those. I will try them. I'm sure it's not like an every time you make pasta kind of deal, but I'm also like, I don't know. Why not? Where did you purchase these? I think I got them at Whole Foods, but they have them at Target for oh sure. Oh my God. Yeah. I bet they have them at Costco, honestly. I know. I'm going to be looking for them. If they have the multi-pack, get it. Okay. Okay. Say no more. That's goodles. Um, That's good old And the next thing is, the next time we speak to you, it's going to be 2024 because that's in four days. It's going to be 2024 in a major way. Oy, oy, oy. Oy, oy, oy. Um, so we wanted to just talk a little bit about the book and music releases that are on the radar. Yeah. What we're thinking about, what we're anticipating. Yeah. So what are you thinking music wise? So this is not that exciting and it didn't involve that much of my own research, but every year Stereo Gum puts out a most anticipated mm-hmm. list um, and it's pretty comprehensive. It used to be a hundred and now it's this year it's 200 most wow. anticipated albums. And it's the ones that they know for sure about and the ones that they hypothesize strongly and they're okay. pretty right. Uh, most of the time good for them so I'm just gonna rattle off a few people that I feel really excited about yeah oh I actually don't feel that excited about number 200 Justin Timberlake yeah do we care no I wish he wasn't on the list at all yeah he's that's weird he's really making it in there by the skin of his teeth yeah but sorry keep going um really looking forward to Ariana Grande my girl my top artist of several years who only to be outplaced by Taylor Swift yep um, I'm looking forward. It seems that SZA has another album coming out next oh year, which God. is crazy. Um, really excited for that. Excited about Frank Ocean, which I honestly am like, I don't ever trust anything that is supposed to happen from Frank Ocean because he's so elusive. Yes. But I do love him. Waxahachie, love. Um, Claro, Casey Musgraves. I was feeling really excited about Dua Lipa, but I think her new single is bad. Mm. What's it called? Houdini. Did you listen to it? I did. Kind of uh, bad. Just once. Then I just, just, I'm just like, I don't actually need it anymore. Um, Billie Eilish. I'm very, very much looking forward to a new album from her. Um, and I would be remiss not to mention Taylor Swift. Reputation. Mm-hmm. Taylor's version. Um those are the top 10 for me, I think. What about Maggie Rogers? I'm not ready for a new album mm-hmm. for Maggie Rogers. You're like, it's actually too soon, babe. <laughs> it's too soon. There are a few other people who I would like to um, manifest. Okay, I would like a new me. album from King Princess. I actually heard that there will be a King Princess album, but where do you think I heard that? <laughs> I don't Maybe know. Maybe from the last time I tried to manifest Maybe this. Maybe that's true. Um, it does. Rihanna is also on this list. I know. Which... I'll believe it when I see it. Another person who's broken my heart before. But yeah. the album Anti is and can will continue to be one of my favorite albums ever. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of fun names on this list. So we'll link it in the show notes. Check it out. Yeah, They're, that is fun. They like fill out the dates as they come in. So they like keep the list running. And That's some, cool. Yeah, it's fun. Um, and they usually have like their their rankings are pretty like like accurate. It's kind of weird to say. But like they, I think that a lot of their albums – their top albums from last year or anticipated albums from last year are like real albums. pretty uh pretty much topping the lists for this year which is fun 
That's really cool. Yeah. And we'll be talking about which albums we think were the best of 2023 uh, next time in our recap episode that will come out early A next year. From, yeah, this one. Yeah, you bet. This one. I'm really excited about um, Casey Musgraves. Oh, I know. I'm so happy she broke up with that guy. I know. You know what else I'm hoping for, though? Not on this list, I believe, but I would. Yeah, the Marin Morris divorce album. I don't know if everyone's aware that Casey Musgraves was dating like an Instagram poet for a long time. It was really unfortunate. It was a big problem. Um, but they're not anymore. Can't wait for her to dunk on him on her new album. I know. She's going to be like, your poems were bad. <laughs> I would truly pay <laughs> any amount of money to hear her say that. She might. You never know. She's kind of petty. I know. And I like that about her. I like it about her, too. Um, OK, let's hear about what you have on your radar for books. I only have one thing to contribute because I'm still living in 2023. Yeah, as everyone well, you knows. that makes perfect sense. You have something to get through. Well, talking about Leave the World sight. Behind oh. reminded me that Ruman Alam, who wrote Leave the World Behind, has a new book coming out in the fall. Oh, it's called Entitlement. Um, And he says, I'll read from the publisher's website, Entitlement is a book about the role of money in contemporary life. I can't. I can't wait. wait. An exhilarating moment when the story is. Oh, no, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Then the the publisher says, Entitlement cements Ruman Alam's status as one of the most exciting, prescient voices of our time. His fiction cuts to the core of who we are in a way that is as terrifying as it is true. And his gift for combining pin-sharp social commentary with pitch-dark humor to this effect is truly unmatched. Entitlement is an engrossing, resonant tale of wealth and power, and we could not be more excited or proud to be publishing it. So I will be picking that up as soon as it drops. Yeah. Fall 2020. Literally as soon as possible. I guess we have kind of a long time to wait, but... I'm, That's I'll okay. be waiting. It's good to have things to look forward to. It's critical. What else is on your radar for books? For books. You're like the queen of neck alley these days, so you've read a lot of what's coming. I have. I've been really, I mean, I'm just obsessed with reading ahead. I think it's really interesting and fun for me. Um, I don't know how to say this author's name. It's X-O-C-H-I-T-L. Oh, Zocho? I don't know how to say it either. Gonzalez. But she read she wrote Olga, right? She wrote Olga Dies Dreaming, which I really enjoyed. Um, and there she has another book coming out, Anita DeMonte Laughs Last, which I just finished. And it's essentially about like Latin the Latin experience in academia, in culture, in the art world, and like what it means to be like a person of color in white spaces, essentially. I can't um, wait to read that, although I do deeply wish that first woman's first name, woman's last name, verbs. I know. You said this last time I I'm mentioned like, this every book. fucking year, please stop. Everyone has to stop. I know. We it's have to get stupid. a little more, uh, you know. We can do better. And I truly, I do believe that that is publishers pushing that. So They're like, this is what the market wants. I'm like, nobody wants that. Did you like Olga? I loved it. Yeah. I thought it was really good. I think that this this book follows. I think it's like, I love her writing. I love her like cultural commentary. It was solid. Um, good Material by Dolly Alderton. Did you read Ghosts? I don't remember. Dolly Alderton. Are you familiar with her? Uh, no. She's kind of, she's British. She's kind of like a real life um, Carrie Bradshaw, but like not annoying. She basically like writes about sex, love, culture. Honestly, you should probably get into it. She's, I think, six foot two. And oh my God. I'm is so in. often writing about like the experience of being a woman in like a bigger, taller body. And wow. she has cool stuff. I think she's a really good writer and she's very um, astute in the way that she comments on specifically love and dating, but the package is very like easy to read, you know, etc. So good material is a book that she has coming out in January. So you guys can read it soon, January 30th. Um, but it's, it's another type of like love story, friendship story, etc. Haven't read that yet, but very excited too. Um, I don't know how to say this author's name either, but they wrote, um, why can't I think of it? They wrote um, a book that we really, really love on this podcast. Two books we really love. Let me look it up. Uh, Vivek Oji. Oh, I can't think of their name either. The and Death of Vivek Oji. 
And You Made a Fool of Death with Your Beauty is the author's first two books. Yes. And then this book is called Little Rot. Yes. Um, their name is, um, it's spelled A-K-W-A-E-K-E. And last name is E-M-E-Z-I. I just, I don't want to try to pronounce that. But they're an amazing author. Um, and this book is... Um, about five friends trying to outrun and outmatch a powerful underground world in the elite underbelly of a Nigerian city. So I think it's going to be I awesome. cannot wait to read this. And this person is, I don't know if we've talked about them before, but like they are really interesting and unusual and weird, this author. Yeah. Um, they, have, they have tasked themselves with writing a book in a different genre every year. Oh, yeah. I forgot about this. We talked about it briefly. Yes, and... You might be like, wow, that's so annoying, except for the problem is that they're all good, these books. Mm. Um, so uh, You Make a Fool, You Made a Fool of Death of, the, Death so of Their Beauty romance. is romance. Um, Death of Vivek Oji is like sort of classic contemporary fiction. Mm -hmm. I believe they're working on a collection of poems. They also believe that they have a memoir where they talk about um, what I'm about to say, which is that they believe that they are um, a demigod. Which oh. is, I haven't read that one, and I don't want to, honestly. <laughs> yeah. um, but I'm going to read that book, and I can't wait. Very interesting. Yeah, I mean, they're a really talented writer. Um, Real Americans by Rachel Kong. Um, this sounds like an incredible book. It's been, um, I think the the comp is um, Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow, which like anything that's associated with that novel is perfect. Um, Rachel Kong also wrote Goodbye Vitamin. Um, um, she is a graduate of the MFA at FLA. My MFA oh program. Oh my gosh. Go love for her. Um, a Love Song for Ricky Wilde by Tia Williams. Tia Williams is a romance author. She wrote Seven Days in June, which I think is one of the most gorgeous romance books of all time and generally features black characters which I think if you're reading a lot of romance it's important to diversify yes ma'am um the Paris novel by Ruth Reichel I love Ruth Reichel's books um that's gonna be out in April I am very much looking forward to that um did you read such a fun age I sure did Rilo Kylie Kylie Reed <laughs> Milo Kylie is a singer <laughs> Rado Kylie um Kylie Reed has another book coming out that I did read this was like one of the books that I couldn't fucking wait to read such a fun age is incredible five-star read um come and get it also five-star read for me the reviews are reviewing low right interesting. now interesting um and I think people maybe weren't expecting what this book is mm. but I thought it was really like masterful and interesting and smart and it's basically set in 2017 and um, in like a dorm and essentially is like you know adults interacting with students and all of these things kind of through the you know as as with um, such a fun age like really dissecting race in our modern society I thought it was great. I, yeah, it's getting like really bad reviews and I really thought it was <laughs> You're like, I'm offended. Yeah. So don't be, uh, don't be, uh, you know, scared away by the low reviews there. Um, and then the last couple that I'll say very bad company, um, mm. is a follow-up novel from the author of Bad Summer People, um, Emma Rosenblum. Did you read that book? I think I did, yeah. I it's think just I read like it. bad. Like, it, I mean, I thought it was a good book about, like it, it was just like a perfect type of beach read where it's not like so completely stupid that your brain is melting. Mm -hmm. um, and it was just kind of like fun that it was so bad. Yeah. Um, and this one is more about like a work retreat and like people behaving Ooh. badly at work which I love I yeah. love that too there's always like a moment for a book like that on my shelf um Emily Henry will be back with funny story which she's prolific as fuck I know she's it's kind of like a when Harry met Sally type like it's I don't want to be like she's like a modern Nora Ephron but like she might be um she could be and I can't wait to read that book and then I'm actually reading a book right now that I'll end on called One Star Romance by oh, funny. Laura Hankin, who is a DC author. She wrote A Special Place for Women and then a few other books um, that I'm like loving. I haven't read a romance in a while. And I do think that her dialogue is really smart, really fun. Um, and it's basically it's it's based on a true event, which is that 
she was in a wedding and had to walk down the aisle with someone that she knew rated one of her books one star on Goodreads. (laughs) And so that's kind of the premise. That's perfection. Um, And it's really engaging and it's really well written. And it's kind of reminding me that like, I feel like I wrote off romance for a while just because I was like, I'm bored. Like I've Mm -hmm. been getting a little bit more out of some of these books that are more literary. Um, But this book is really enjoyable. Um, That sounds great. So that's kind of what's on my radar. I'm sure there's a million other books specifically in genres that I didn't mention since I only discussed fiction. That's fine. I I will have some more for next time. I actually have one to add. Um, mm-hmm. A newish friend of mine has a book coming out Ooh. this year. It's called Pink Glass Houses. Um, her name's Asha Elias, and it's a uh, social satire about like hot Miami Beach moms. Oh, so I, I think actually you can get it on NetGalley if you want to read it. What's early. it called again? It's called Pink Glass Houses. Okay, let me find it. And she has a lot of. Um, books in the hopper like she's got she's working on her third novel and this one sounds really fun to me specifically because I am invested in Miami Beach culture and like I love the drama of like crazy Miami moms in general but the other two books that she has coming sound each one sounds better than the last so I love that I'm really looking forward to reading that one it's a really gorgeous cover yeah there was a lot it's so interesting because I was talking to her about it a lot when they were like sending her mock-ups and like the whole the whole situation about like the way that the covers are decided and the titles are decided and the subtitles it's like all so interesting and like it's good to be reminded that like so the author doesn't have that much control over that stuff which is weird especially on a first novel but I'm really looking forward to it reading is fun reading is so fun Speaking of reading, what are you going to be doing in January? In January, um, I'm committing to a little bit of trad wife life, which Elisa said she doesn't know what trad wife (laughs) is. Um, So I will give you the very, very short version. Um, Basically, it's this like internet phenomenon of people who are like, it's it's really, there's actually a really good article that I'll link in the show notes about trad wife culture, but it's often very conservative or very like traditional family values energy like women who have like lots of kids and they're like homesteading and they like Mm. make everything from scratch and they're like raising their own animals and they have chickens and they're like milling their own grains and it's like definitely like pejorative I think Mm -hmm. a little bit Um, and there's a lot of like interesting politics and like religious conservatism that come into play but the trad wife for me life for me is like what I kind of talked about earlier like making more things from scratch like experimenting more in the kitchen outside of my comfort zone and just like getting back on my sourdough bullshit love it excited about that excited to have more themed dinner parties this is something that Hannah and I have been talking about that we had like a we had my um uncle's fake uncles over for dinner a few weeks ago maybe it was this month and we were like we had quinces from the farm box mm-hmm. and we were like, oh, let's just like make a Turkish themed dinner. And it was like so good and so fun and like pushes you outside of your comfort zone. And we like went I to like the Turkish that. grocery store and like so we're going to try and do more of that. More moving, obviously. Thrifting. Driving. I learned how to drive the stick oh shift car God. this week. Congratulations. So, thank you so much. Um, I haven't graduated to driving alone yet, but soon. Okay, major. I feel like this past couple weeks I've been doing that thing that I do every year, which is like establishing 45 different New Year's resolutions, which I have to decide which ones will last. Um, We're both going to go on a new pod journey. Yeah, we are. Mine is, um, I received my grandmother's recipe box from my mom, and it's full of like beautiful handwritten uh recipes that are hers or her friends and also like psychotic clippings from 1950s magazines so So it's really like it's giving range as we said earlier so I'm going to be cooking out of that which will be really fun um and some old journeys like our reading journey which is one of my favorite things still that we do it never goes away for me never goes away it's the best which is great I love that that sounds like a really fulfilling genre I think it's going to be a really fulfilling genre. <laughs> what about you? Um, a lot of the same. I will also be going on a quest. Um, we're we're going to be D and Ding. Oh my god, a uh, very different kind of quest. A very different kind of quest. Um, Erica's really into D and D and has been playing with some of her friends for going on four years. Um, which is really really great. I love how they 
keep in touch through that. And I think D&D is like a little hot. Like people are interested in D&D and we have a bunch of friends that wanted to play. And so we, we got a little group together and the journey begins on January 4th. Wow. Um, stay tuned. I don't know what's going to happen. Um, 75 hard continues. Uh, we have our famous anniversary weekend in the beginning of January. We're going to be going to the Cape. Um, I feel like in January I read like 35 books, like something crazy. So I'm anticipating that. Um, and my journey, I'm very excited about Marie and I did something silly. We lined up. So I have like a hundred cookbooks literally, and we stacked up as many books as my height, which I believe ended up being 60 263 with the inclusion of some bon appetites in there just for those last couple centimeters um and my goal is going to be to make a recipe from every single book in that stack this year and you guys are going to help me choose what and when and it's good because I need to cook out of those books so it's going to be great. It's an impressive fucking stack. I'm only 5'4", so that helps. Like, <laughs> it would be impossible if it was Marie. Um, I think it's going to be really silly. And we took some pictures and more to come. More to come. And another thing that there's a little bit more to come on is our subscription box, which we are launching in the new year. So... Keep your eyes and ears peeled, um, specifically to our Instagram, where more will come. But we're just really excited about the opportunity to share some of these things that we really love to do or eat or use or share in our spare time with you. Yes, indeed we are. It's going to be really fun, we think. So, yay! Check it out. And on that note, thank you. For spending your <laughs> spare time with us. <laughs> <laughs> never done We've that never before. done that before <laughs>